0: How are you, Ryan? I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a lot better now. I'm talking to you because you sound like you're actually on top of the world, all things considered. You know,
3: it's weird what we're dealing with right now because it's so up and down emotionally, I think, for a lot of people. So some days like today, I don't know, it feels like summer vacation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess the day's still early though, Ryan, right? (laughs) That's it. It is.
3: Uh, yeah it's like i just had lunch here
0: it's you like, start yeah, you know. start on a good vibe and then yeah i mean first of all if you don't mind me asking you about this first mate because ahead of all of this corona chaos you know you've had a pretty turbulent year 18 oh, months anyway Lord. yeah um do you want to go do you mind going in on that with me for a little bit no you know
3: me i'll talk about whatever i've I don't understand why some people go, "Ooh, don't talk about that. It's like, especially in today's world. It's like, it's real life. It's something that actually happened. You can talk about it.
0: So you recently got divorced.
3: Yeah. Um, and it's not anything I ever thought would happen to me in life. Like I, I really thought we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And, you know, divorce is a special kind of pain. It's just it's very um I don't know, it's very hard to explain because the legalities involved on top of the emotional part of it make it really hard because it's just it's like all all of the different stresses in life in one situation. Money yeah, stress. Yes. Relationship stress, family stress. It's just, you know, it feels impossible at times, but um, I will forever have a, you know, special place in my heart for anybody that's been through it because it is brutal.
0: Have you seen the movie Marriage Story, mate? (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) That's really funny that you mentioned that because when all of this
3: started, this virus situation, you know, everybody's talking about. What are you watching on Netflix? What are you, you know, do you have any recommendations, all of that? And my mom, of all people, was like, have you watched Marriage Story? <laughs> and I go, I go, Mom, what makes you think I want to watch a movie called Marriage Story right now? That's the last thing I want to watch right now, considering what I've been through. It's That's the other thing, Matt. Any sort of romantic comedy, any sort of movie like that after divorce
0: Crushes is, you.
3: Oh, dude, it, that's a, just one of a million different layers that you don't expect. Like, I can't, I can't even watch those movies. I will again someday, but the TV shows or movies like that feel impossible.
0: Well, Marriage Story is a really interesting one because it deals head on with divorce and the effects of it and how those two individuals navigate those seas. And I've never been through that myself, but from an outsider's perspective the way in which they deal with those themes is so moving and so touching and so blunt and it's a really well-made piece of work um it might not be the time right now for you to see it though but (laughs) (laughs) but when you do get around to it you'll appreciate it man it's and i will say this as well mate because i know that one thing you did do after you and holly did you know split up is you basically got in a car and you just drove out into the wilderness, and, and, dr- and drove across America. Now, I bet you're so, so glad you did that now, because, you know, now we can't go anywhere or do anything, and it seems like just at the right time, you got to squeeze in this beautiful, <laughs> expansive, soul-searching adventure, just before it was too late. Yeah,
3: I hadn't really thought about it like that, but that's a really good point, and Little did I know, that's the best thing I ever could have done. If anybody ever goes through it, I'm going to recommend that. Just go. Just go, you know, take that windshield time. And there's, it's different in America, you know, because it's so spread out here. But there are lots of places. There are lots of, you know, I don't know, there are apps on your phone that tell you cool, free places to stay if you have an RV or, you know, I converted the band fan into a little you know, like a sleeping quarters and a mini kitchen. And, um, there are lots of places to stay. Some of them are literally in the desert. Like I had run-ins with like a mountain lion and I had my dog (laughs) peaches with me and and it's crazy, but I loved it, man. It was just the the perfect distraction. Um, and you're totally right. I really didn't think about the fact that I got in under the wire. I would have just been, losing my mind dealing with that right now
0: tell me about if you can one night in particular which stands out where you were in the middle of nowhere you discovered some you know gem of a place and you're lying there perhaps under the stars you're going through all these thoughts and emotions that you are and it sort of hits you all in one like this is a big profound special crazy magical weird once in a lifetime kind of a night i bet you had quite a few like that but does one stand out in particular somewhere where you know if you ever went back through that place again it would just be an overwhelming surge of emotions
3: yeah the one that sticks out to me is uh, the first place i went is to the big bend national park in texas and it's right on the border of mexico you could walk into mexico if you wanted to and there are mountains and it's beautiful and um i went and my dog peaches is her name was with me on this trip but um i get into big bend there's no cell phone signal i mean it's it's the wilderness it's for real and um i set up camp the tent the whole deal and I just kind of get ready for, you know, as much as I can plan for. I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. I'm just going to stay here for like a week. Um, and then I'll hit the road and see where else I'm going to go. So I get everything set up. Um, I go kind of explore the first day and and then go to sleep, wake up the next day. And this is where it gets weird. I don't know if it was one day or a couple of days Went by, but I'm there. I'm in my own head. I'm thinking about this divorce in my life and what is going on and what am I gonna do? And I heard something like another animal or something, and and my dog Peaches growled. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of sketchy. But I told Peaches no. I said no, Peaches. And as soon as that came out of my mouth, I realized that I hadn't spoke. I hadn't spoken. I hadn't said anything out loud for days. Wow. So, just and I was startled by the sound of my own voice and that kind of quiet and that you know silence for whether it was one or two or three days and I'm still not quite sure um, the shock of my the sound of my own voice had never had that happen before and I I mean I doubt I'll ever have have that happen again like that but um, just to have been in my own head that kind of you know in (laughs) intense just thinking you know what i mean it was really crazy and it shook me like to the core that moment and i got really upset afterwards and you cry a lot in the process of divorce and um, i still have moments now where it it sneaks up on you but um that's the one that sticks out is that like you know really getting (laughs) scared by the sound of my own
0: voice it's funny, I saw you wrote the other day that it hits you when you're having dinner a lot. That seems to be the one time yes. when you'll be fine all day and then you sit down to eat and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, <sighs> there it is. That heaviness yeah. comes back.
3: It's weird. And I don't know if it's eating by myself. You know, when you're married, mealtime is, you know, that's something you plan for it. What are we going to have for dinner or lunch or whatever? And what are we going to go out? And um, A relationship so much of it, and this is something I'm learning is based around mealtime and, you know, stupid stuff. Even if you're an artist and you don't really have that normal job, you still take a break to eat. Right. And so there's still that, how was your day? Tell me what's been going on. You still have those moments, whatever your profession is. And, um, now, yeah, It'll just come out of nowhere. I'll sit down to eat them by myself and boom,
0: it's upsetting. It's weird. I've never been married, but I broke up with my long-term girlfriend a few years ago and I still get it now whenever I'm in airports because I haven't flown, I haven't flown with anyone other than her in like mm. seven years because I only flew with her when we were together and no one else and then since we've broken up, I've only ever flown alone. So it's still now, like whenever I'm in an airport, I'm still like, oh, I feel lonely now. It's like the only time in airports. It's fucking weird. So I know what you mean.
3: Isn't it crazy, Matt, how you don't realize how deep inside you, like how big of a part of your being, certain things like that. Like they're a part of you and you don't really notice it until that sort of situation happens.
0: And the person is long gone. I know. You you almost get angry, right? You're like, oh, my God, I'm never
3: going to be rid of this. But it makes us the people we are. I know there's a lot of cliche sayings like that, but a lot of it is very true.
0: Uh, Dude, let's break for your first of five songs as your soundtrack to the end of the world, the Rolling Stones, um, Far Away Eyes. I guess, you know, the task of just choosing five anyway was impossible but um especially with a band like the stones when there's so many must have been incredibly difficult why this one
3: this one just has that texas country vibe it's and it references you know a lot of kind of christian church fake preacher kind of evangelist there's a lot of texas in this song and um it's it's just, it's edgy lyrically, but it's also tongue-in-cheek. There, I don't know, it's, it's my favorite Rolling Stones song, and um, I know it's kind of a random one to be my favorite, but I, it's probably because it's where the Stones and Texas kind of come together. <laughs>
4: Sunday morning through Bakersfield listening to gospel music on the colored radio station and the preacher said you know you always have the lot I had an arrangement to meet a girl And I was kind of late And I thought by the time I got there She'd be off She'd be off with the nearest truck driver she could find Much to my surprise
0: Is where you were living with Holly, is that still home, or did you get out of there and set up somewhere new? I'm assuming you're definitely still in Texas, but are you in the same place, or have you found a new home?
3: I have a new home. We both moved. We sold our old house. I started to try and stay there, but it was it felt really terrible if I'm being honest and um, getting divorced there's a if you're if there's still a house there and it's part of it 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 complicates it so it was easier to sell it and I was happy to get out of there
0: and start afresh yes how's Texas right now with everything that's going on what's the overall vibe and mood and tone in your you know your community in your immediate area dude it's
3: crazy in the South in America and I've seen some stuff in the UK like this there's a stubbornness in certain parts of the world there's a this attitude of you know ah it's no big deal it'll be fine and um, Texas had some of that and like I live in the country I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere um and everybody was kind of late to the okay we better take this seriously like you know I wasn't because I pay attention to kind of what's going on. And and I knew that if government and celebrities and some of those, you know, like Amazon, the wealthiest people in the world, if they are all on the same page, which never happens. Yeah. And they're all saying the same things that people better pay attention. And, um, Texas was weird, man. It was like, there were pockets of small town, Texas that didn't take it seriously. And they waited too long. And, um, now, even though there was too much of a delay, and this happened a lot in America, now everybody's you know, wearing the masks and the gloves at the grocery store. and um, Everybody's staying home. The businesses are closed. But uh, yeah, we waited a little too long where I'm from.
0: What's the vibe in terms of hospitals and cases and, and death tolls, dare I ask, as Texas one of the states that's been hit hard. Um, Does it seem to be under control? Like, are the hospitals coping with the numbers? Is it leveling out? Is it peaking? Like, what's going on with all of that side of things?
3: Sure. So, as I'm sure you've seen, like, New York and L.A., it's been crazy. L.A. Well, California seems to have a better hold, but they're a little more spread out. New York is still crazy, but I think they're doing okay. Texas, um not as bad as either one of those for sure texas is a huge state
0: um i guess social distancing is pretty easy in an area as big as the lone star state right (laughs) exactly
3: (laughs) so new york i think that was part of the big problem there's so many people in such close proximity but here um it hasn't gone nuts you know like some of those numbers in, in those other states but you know, it's definitely happening. It's definitely still spreading. Um, we haven't flattened the curve here, but I think we're making progress and it, it's just crazy, man. The more data we get, the more it's kind of like, okay, this is still something that we're trying to figure out. This is still going to take a little while. And, um, yeah, the, the vibe here as far as the hospitals, we seem to have a pretty good handle on it. We're not as overwhelmed as some of the other states.
0: And what about your neighbours and your friends and people around you in your life? Like, are you interacting and engaging over the fence or from a safe... Like, are you seeing people? What's go- Are you staying sane? What's going on?
3: Yeah, staying sane, I, who knows? But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> neighbors there's more of a wave like a long distance wave hey hey there's not the walking up to each other and you know going what's been going on the hardest part for me is you know my family's here and
0: are you isolating alone yeah, yeah so that's really difficult i haven't had that interaction with another human and as
3: silly as it probably would have seemed to me a month ago I miss like hugging someone or shaking someone's hand or, oh, dude, of I course. Had, yeah, I haven't had any physical contact with another human in a, over a month, yeah. And you know, just to hug my mom or dad or my grandma, and I haven't seen them, you know, other than video chat and stuff like that in weeks and weeks. And it's hard because you want to do the right thing. I don't know what I would do if. My grandma accidentally, you know, got it because I had it and didn't know it and then passed it to my mom. And then my mom, gave, you know, you know how it goes. But um, it's hard, man. There's a there's a really weird thing. I'm sure you've experienced it where you see somebody, you know, and you both have that moment where you're like, well, I can't shake your hand or hug you and you better stay (laughs) six feet away. (laughs) You just kind of awkwardly look at each other and go, "Okay,
0: bye. Yeah, man. I mean, from your point of view as well, you go, you know, you come out of a really long-term relationship, so there's a definite sense of loneliness there, anyway. And then to go from that to, oh, now actually, you are now completely alone. Um, yeah. And just as you say, like you can see someone on the video screen on your phone, or you can hear their voice, like we're doing now, and it it's really nice. It's really reassuring. It keeps you connected, but there is no substitute for real-life human interaction and, like, touch and sense. And as you say, whether it's just a handshake or a hug, it's tough, isn't it, man?
3: It is. And I have my moments where I think about what it's going to be like to give my family a hug or something, And, and my eyes fill up with tears. And that never would have happened six weeks ago. But just the thought of reconnecting with family or friends is almost
0: overwhelming. Yeah, I think it's keeping a lot of people going as well. It's definitely keeping me going. Yeah. That thought yeah. of the uh, the uh end of the line. I mean, when that will be, who knows? We'll come back, we'll talk some more about that in a bit. Um, You had a great story with this man, which you shared on your Instagram or Facebook page, I believe. I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing it now. Your second song is Tom Petty, Free Falling, one of my all-time favourite songs by anyone ever. And didn't you find out after he passed away that he'd heard your music or something and had appreciated it and and liked what he heard. How did that go? What was the story? Yeah. um,
3: I'll try and tell the short version. So a friend of a friend was a driver. He was part of a company that drove artists whenever they were coming through uh, Florida, I believe actually just kind of all over the South. He would, work for the car service and drive these people from the hotel to the venue or if there was a day off he would drive them around that sort of thing so this guy was tom petty's driver and they had gotten to know each other over the years and this guy had really cool old cars the company did so i think it was an old cadillac with a bench seat in the front and um this guy's kid i don't know how old the kid was actually uh skipped school tom petty had a day off and they were going to drive Tom Petty around for the day. Tom asked that this guy would, he's like, can we just go, you know, drive around? I got some places I want to go. And Of course, the guy said yes, and the guy's kid got to tag along, which had to have been cool. So they pull up to get Tom Petty. This guy and his kid are in the front seat, and Tom Petty got in the back, which I think is a really interesting detail in the story. And then, you know, they're driving around, and Tom Petty, like a little kid, is leaning up from the back seat into the front with his arms over the bench seat. And uh, this this kid has his phone or his iPod, whatever it is, plugged into the radio, just on shuffle, right? Nobody paying much attention to what music's being played in the car. Uh, they're driving around looking at stuff. And Tom Petty isn't saying anything about any of the music. And then... One of my songs comes on, this kid or his dad or somebody in that family, you know, had our music on there, and Tom stopped the conversation and went, hold on a second, who is this? I really like that. And, you know, that, that story made its way back to me after he passed, and I didn't know
0: and how many uh tears of joy did you shed when you heard, i mean that's got that's got to be i know how much as a songwriter and a human and an influence he was you know on the importance scale yeah. to you that must have been so great and validating and inspiring to to hear that story heartbreaking in a good, in the best possible way yeah and dude even now like even telling it and you know, I've
3: told that story a bunch, but I feel myself trying to hurry the story because I still get emotional.
0: Hmm, hmm, hmm. It's like, Hope. oh God,
3: hurry up, spit it out, or I'm gonna cry. Hold yeah. back
0: the tears. Hold back the tears. Yeah. <laughs>
5: She's a good girl. Loves her mom. Loves Jesus In America too She's a good girl it's Crazy about Elvis Loves horses And her boyfriend too And it's a long day Living in receding. The vampires walking through the valley, move west down, venture a Boulevard. And all the bad boys are standing in the shadow. And the good girls are home with broken hearts.
0: So dude, what were you working on in the lead up to this event? And what did you have in the diary that you've had to pull or postpone or cancel? How's your work schedule for 2020 changed in the last few weeks?
3: You know, man, I it's, it's brutal for us because, you know, I've had, I've had God, almost big success twice in this business. And we kind of started over about five years ago. And, um, it's all been happening, and fast forward with this band and being on Stevie Van Zandt's Wicked Cool Records and all of this, it's all very exciting. And this year was our first year that we were supposed to play music festivals in the UK. Right. And then next year, it looked like it was going to be bumping up to the bigger ones Isle of Wight, you know, maybe Leeds and Reading and some of those bigger ones. Well, we're not getting to do any of them. And You know, being a kid from Texas and seeing the video footage in the 90s of these festivals and these seas, you know, the sea of people with their people have flags, you know, that image that like, oh, my God, look at all these people, these festivals. I've always wanted to do that. And we were finally like in like we were going to do it. And none of it's happening. We had tours booked around, you know, this Summers, festivals, that all got canceled. Um, And this was going to be kind of a celebration of five years of hard work. And we finally got to this place that we wanted to get to. And and now it, it just all kind of went away until next year, like for an entire year. It's nuts. Financially devastating, too. And I know I'm not the only one. Like there are lots of people... I think about guys like our friend Frank Turner who are on the road constantly and they have mouths to feed and crew and band and whatever. And dude, it's brutal.
0: Do you feel in your heart that the work that you've put in over the last five years and the place that you've managed to get to will still be there next year? Like, Do you feel like it's just been put on hold as opposed to that victory lap is now beyond you? No,
3: I feel good about it. We actually, the ultimate irony of all of this is we just finished a new album.
0: Um, Dude, you're relentless with the albums. I love it. I don't think I've ever met anyone (laughs) as prolific (laughs) and productive as you. Like, you do an album every single year, don't you? Without fail, pretty much.
3: I have for the past five and, you know, this, well, I should say past four or five, but, um... I wasn't going to do another one like our album. This is the sound still it just got nominated for album and song of the year and the Independent Music Awards. And, you know, that album is still doing great. Well, then, you know, my marriage ended and I went on that road trip. And of course, I brought a guitar just in case. And after that road trip, I came home and I had all these songs, you know, that would not have existed without my marriage ending. And you know Stevie is, has been amazing. He's helped me through all of this. He's been huge, kind of crafting these songs into really you know next level stuff. And it would have been real easy for me to just leave them all sad bastard sounding. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say how how devastatingly <laughs> somber were these songs. <laughs> Were they hardcore?
3: Yes, there were so many. And to kind of sift through them all and find the ones that were like, okay, that's a really great song just as a song, no matter what you've been through. Um, And now to have that and, you know, it's also kept me sane. I have to say having that to work on has not only been therapeutic, but it's been exciting and it's kept me from feeling To get back to your question, it's kept me from feeling like the bottom was going to fall out because it's like, okay, we're not doing the festivals. We had to cancel two tours. We still don't know if we're going to be able to do a big Christmas show or a few of them at the end of the year. We don't know, but we have this album um, and it'll probably come out in the fall, so that'll keep us going.
0: Well, you know what? I think that times like these is when people like me and you, well, everybody really, but particularly the people that aren't comfortable, have to think outside the box, have to get creative and hustle. And I think you've always been pretty good at adapting and trying to figure out, okay, well, that road in front of me is blocked. Let's find an alternative route and get around. And I I think it's a good test, like times like this it's not a welcome one, but it's here and it ain't going anywhere. So I think it's, you know, a very good and opportune time for people to say, okay, how can I figure this out? How can I make my way through it? How can I earn a living? How can I think on my feet and, and, you know, conjure up what I need to, to get by. And that for me is an exciting prospect. Right. If I can twist it in that way. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) And I'm going to forget the saying, but there's a saying that's, Something like, you know, you can either lay down and die or or get up and, you know, make it happen. And you know this, just reference that we're both like that. There's there's something extra motivating about the hustle and, you know, it being your livelihood. It's like, okay, well, I don't really have a choice. So I have to find a way through this. I don't have... Coldplay money. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's also... It's also that thing where you feel grateful to still be able to do it, right? So at least we get to do this and this is our life and we get to do what we love. But um, it does not make times like what we're dealing with right now um, very easy. But we always find a way and um, I think you are evidence of that and I'll put myself on that list too that you can't figure it out if you have the hustle and the drive and you know there's a way there's always a way through
0: yeah and I honestly think without being too mean or cutthroat if you can't find a way then you're maybe in the wrong business mm, I agree there... because it's a it's a yeah, tough one man it'll chew you up and it'll spit you out and unless you're prepared to roll with those punches then maybe it is you know time to segue into a career that offers. Well, I say that though, but you know, even stable jobs right now don't offer security. That's what's so wild about this situation right. that we're in. Is traditionally the nine to five guy would always be okay, um, yeah. and now even they're not. Yeah, that's what's it's so crazy. wild about it, isn't it?
3: I know, and and you know, people doing these online shows and trying to bridge the gap. Uh, now we have to be wary of. What you're saying, it's like, okay, look, yes, all of our tours got canceled. We still have bills to pay, so we're doing these shows. But we know you may be out of work too, so we'll make these shows, pay what you can, or we'll play, and you can watch for free, and if you want to donate, here's a link. So there's kind of been this balance because people are conscious of the nine-to-fivers not having the income they had before. Some people are fine. Some people still have... You know, that income coming in because of what they do for a living. But there's so many just regular jobs that went away. And we can't expect people to, you know, buy a ticket to whatever, an online show or, you know, it's unbelievable. We're going to look back on this when we're old and go, holy shit, we lived through coronavirus. Mm -hmm.
0: We were alive when that happened. Yeah, it's a game changer, man. It's a very significant moment in human history that will, you know, forever be looked back on as a chaotic time in our lives. Uh, Third song on the list, dude, is Robert Zimmerman. And we've gone with a bootleg live version of Just Like a Woman. Um, Interesting song, interesting variation on the song. How come you wanted the bootleg version of this particular track? So version there's a
3: certain ache in it it's it's just more of a somber version the studio version i mean it's a classic song but the studio version as much as i love it it's kind of like um oh well that's kind of funny that the way it it, the line is delivered you know Um, it's blase but that yes so the live version it's just I don't know, it tugs at my heart for whatever reason, that particular performance, and um, I just love it. It's my favorite version of that song. It's one of my favorite Dylan songs, and I know he's a hero of yours too, and there's a certain magic that happened in the 60s with Bob Dylan, and um, this song, for me, and this performance of it has that magic, that 60s, mid-late 60s Dylan magic,
0: for me it's all about i guess it was in the space of 18 months as well he did bringing it all back home highway 61 blonde on blonde like those three albums in less than 2 years in succession forget about it if he'd have only just made those three that would be enough to cement him as my all-time favorite like outrageous Same. levels of talent <laughs> yeah i know it's
3: and the, the leap from the first record yeah it's nuts it's so so crazy and that's why people talk about you know the deal that he made at the crossroads and because how could he possibly have done that level of work you know without selling his soul to the devil
0: yeah well then when he had the bike crash as well like after blonde yes. on blonde and then you see you know john wesley harding next like and he goes to sort of nashville skyline and you know blonde on um, blood on the tracks is obviously a great album but you can see he's notably knocked back in his tracks isn't he like as if some outside source and power had to go slow down chill out like <laughs> yeah. you you've gone off the rails son <laughs>
6: her fog her amphetamine and her pearls. she takes just like a woman yes she does she makes love like a woman yes she does and then she aches just like a woman but she breaks Just like a little girl It was raining from the first And I was dying of thirst So I came in here Your long time curse hurts But what's worse is this pain in here I can't stay in here Ain't it clear that I just don't fit Yes, I believe it's time for us on that you knew me when I was hungry and it was your world you fake just like a woman yes you do you make love like a woman yes you do and then you ache Just like a woman But you break Just like a little girl
0: It's interesting, dude, as well, because you've just picked out as the first three there, Rolling Stones, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, all contemporaries and peers of a guy who is now, you know, a mentor and a friend and somebody that's actively involved in your life and your career. You mentioned him a couple of times, but we haven't properly spoken about him. And since me and you really properly spoke on, you know, a microphone, podcast, whatever, um... Wicked cool wasn't in the picture then. Stephen Van Zandt wasn't in the picture then. So let let's chat about that. How did he discover and become aware of what you were doing? How did that meeting first come about? And then tell me about how signing with that label and working with him has impacted and changed, and you know, indeed, no doubt improved the the course and the trajectory of your your career.
3: Yeah. So the story goes like this ginger wildheart and i did a song together called fuck you brain it was a charity single we donated all the proceeds to samaritans in the uk we raised a ton of money and little steven's underground garage wanted to play that song they wanted a radio edit of that song so um they added the song to rotation and then stevie went uh this song is great who's that guy talking about me it's like i want to hear more of whoever this is who's this guy so i get this email that says uh little steven um is interested in playing your stuff on the radio do you have a link to an album or whatever so i sent sent the album that we had at the time then i get another email that says we're adding half of the record to the rotation." (laughs) <laughs> like is somebody fucking with me like what is going on so stevie heard an album called the devil's in the detail and added six songs from that record into heavy rotation Nuts. on his ra- radio station yeah uh, you know how unheard of that is yeah so
0: even for the you know a huge artist yes even if so, you're the red hot chili peppers like to have uh, oh half God. an album I, that's wild
3: it was nuts. So that, that's how it started, um, and then we were on tour in the UK. Uh, they didn't know that the label we were releasing music under was our own label. It was just us self-releasing. We just we called it, you know, our whatever our label was. And um, once they found out, I got an email from the guy that runs Wicked Cool with Stevie. It said, Hey, would you be interested? Um, we'd love to do a release with you. It's like, are you kidding? I would love that. So then, I finally get on the phone with the man himself, and it was very funny because I could tell, and knowing him the way I know him now, it's really funny. When I he, when I spoke to him, I kept calling him Mr. Van Sant. <laughs> it's just because you know I'm from the South and it's the way I was raised. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So you know, yes, Mr. Van Sant. Oh my God, was, thank you, Mr. Van Sant. And I could. Feel some tension on the phone, and he finally kind of cut me off. And he he goes, "Ryan, Stevie is fine." I was like, "Okay, I was I was over Mr. Van Zanting <laughs> the, con- the conversation, <laughs> um, and he kind of he laughed, and and I laughed, and it, in that moment, it you know it just became very loose. And uh, you've met him; he's he's such a cool guy, and he can be super down to earth. He's easy to talk to and um
0: and just an encyclopedia of music like he's oh a real historian isn't he
3: dude it's so nuts the depths just kind of the wealth of knowledge and he asked me one time um he said i don't know if you're religious or if you go to church and um i said well i used to be and i was raised that way but i don't really go anymore i said i guess my my church is music and he uh, he came back at me and goes, well, we go to the same church then. Nice. And I was, yeah, and it's you know he's all about it. He's he's in a hundred percent, and um, working with him has become more of just a, oh, he runs the label. He's become a mentor to me and a friend, and been lucky enough to spend a lot of time with him and his wife in New York. And um, I mean, shit, we've co-written like four or five songs together now and uh there's just there's like consistent pinch me moments because he's so far up the music business totem pole if
0: you will yeah yeah well dude he's springsteen's right-hand guy and has been for over three decades right and
3: he, not to mention the Sopranos and Lily Hammer and that sort of thing. He's a certain yeah, yeah, yeah. level of famous. And um, I don't know, working with him and other people will say this too, that part of it kind of goes away because, you know, he, he has no tolerance for bullshit. I'll say that. And I've been cursed at and, you know, told no and, you know, in a very italian
0: new york yeah 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 Sil-
3: silvio kind of a way and, and it comes from a place of love and out of belief in what you're doing but um you know i've heard stories of other people not knowing how to, <laughs> how
7: to deal with that
0: sort of like you know that's fucking stupid or i hate that or you know don't do that and, um, well i gather he's that way with bruce as well and that's why he's, bruce has kept him around as long as he has because he's yeah, like, so. that's not good enough. That's not going to do. That's not going to cut it.
3: <laughs> I know. And, man, I'm so thankful. And if it wasn't, I always try and remember, you know, the the reason. If it wasn't for Ginger believing in me and wanting to work together and us doing that one song together, then I wouldn't be where I'm at with Stevie now and on this great label. And, all these amazing things have happened and continue to happen and uh, very lucky, very thankful.
0: All, you know, great people who I've had the pleasure of having on my show as well. Like it's a, it's a cool little spider diagram yourself, Stevie ginger. I know you got Mm -hmm. to play some shows with Jesse Malin as well recently. And you, you two should definitely, when the world's allowed to, you know, move around a bit more, you should definitely link up and write some songs with Jesse man, because there's a similar sensibility, particularly with, I don't know whether you heard one of the last tracks he put out called Meet Me at the End of the World. Mm, yes. That's got a proper Ryan Hamilton kind of a thing to it. And um, you know, I think you two would really hit it off if you got in the room and started writing some songs together. I think so, too. And it's funny because, you and know, he's we've, Stephen's we've struck- boy as well, isn't he? Like, he does a show on his radio station. I think they go way back. and
3: Yeah. Well, that last release, Sunset Kids, came out on Wicked Cool Records. There you and go. That song in particular, Stevie. I remember him and some of the other Wiki Cool folks mentioning it. And then you know Jesse and I did this thing in New York, and we've kind of struck up a friendship. And um, I would love it. I mean, he's he's got that thing right where he has the underground cred, and then he also has the success. But it's never been the big you know, huge stadium success, but a very respectable, like, okay, that's cool. He can kind of sell out the, the big club venues all over the world.
2: Yeah.
3: And he's got that thing that he, that he's at the place I, I've always wanted to be. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of his and, um, we almost did a new song together and then this virus kind of happened. and um, Stevie kind of took the lead with it, but I can totally see us working together. I can totally see us touring together. We had a blast last time we played together in New York, and um, another really great dude. Just he's all about you know the positive mental attitude, and um, just kind of you know humble and but still confident. Stevie's got that too—that humble confidence. So maybe it's a New York thing.
0: I think uh, so. Yeah, as you said earlier, they're not taking any shit, but they're not asshole arrogant with it. Exactly. Well, it seems like you finally found your home, man. It's taken a while, but it seems like you're there in the pocket. And, you know, obviously there's a pause on things at the moment because of everything that's going on, but it sounds like you're in a good spot, dude, in the uh, the professional sense.
3: I am, yeah. It's better than it's ever been. You look at the things people look at now, you know, Spotify streams and, Stuff like that, the numbers everything's bigger and better than it's ever been, and um, it's funny how it's worked out. But I'm, I'm very happy, I'm very thankful, especially considering the uh dumpster fire that my personal life has been.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> so it feels good. Hey man, you gotta <laughs> have the trade off somewhere. <laughs> So mate this next song you're going to play uh a band I'm only really familiar with because of their hit single Semi-Charm Life Shame on Me but e- even recently I just found out that although that's a very happy go lucky catchy kind of emo pop song it's actually about like you know a meth addict right like a speed yeah. speed addiction Semi-Charm Life by of course Third Eye Blind uh you haven't gone with that song you've gone with Motorcycle Drive-By Tell me about this band and what they perhaps you know signify and mean to you, and then this song in particular and the uh, you know the personal connection there.
3: So this song and this era of music always makes me think of you know being a teenager, and I think people always gravitate to that part of their life with certain, you know, that's when music hits you in your teenage years and the stuff that you love, you really love it. Like, you're all about it. So for me, it was starting with Semi-Charmed Life and then buying this record. And I played that album so much, that CD so much, I had to go buy another copy because I wore it out. And um, it's one of a few from the late mid to late 90s that that happened with. And for me, it was... The first time, not only is he a brilliant lyricist, and the the choices he makes melody wise, uh, it's just he's a genius in that way. But it was the first time I felt like poetry met pop music in the way that it does with Third Eye Blind and Motorcycle Drive By, uh, that and there's another song called God of Wine on that record and then right at the end in the 90s they used to do that thing where they would just kind of like boom 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 right at the end of a record like three really intense sad slow songs and I used to love that um and they did that and this song in particular it's just poetic and it's beautiful um the way he puts the words together um this was one of those I used to smoke cigarettes I don't anymore but um I remember very vividly driving around, smoking a cigarette, listening to this song, just on repeat. I would listen to it over and over and over, and it was just like I was in a trance when this song would come on. Um, I don't really know why. There's just something magic about it for me. And um, If you ever go to one of their shows and they play this song, this it wasn't a hit song. and It was never on the radio, but everyone in the crowd will sing every word.
2: Summertime and the wind is blowing outside in Lower Chelsea. And I don't know what I'm doing in this city. The sun is always in my eyes. It crashes through the windows, and I'm sleeping on the couch. When I came to visit you, that's when I knew that I could never have you. I knew that before you did. Still, I'm the one who's stupid. And there's this burning Like there's always been I've never been so alone And I've never been so alive This is a you on a motorcycle drive by the flies in your eyes and you don't mind You smile and say the world, it doesn't fit with you I don't believe you, you're so serene Careening through the universe, you'll act your axis on until tilt You're guiltless and free, I hope you take a piece of me with you And there's things I would like to do Thank In my eyes see this broken wave darkly coming take me. And I've never been so alone in
0: never been so alive. The one good thing to come out of this lockdown for me is finally, after a hundred failed attempts, and 20 years of smoking. I mean, it's still early days, but I'm currently on day 16 of no cigarettes. Way to go. No nicotine. Uh, and it feels good, man. It's the one good thing to come out of it for my body.
3: That's great. Did your taste buds come back? That's what I noticed when I quit. I was like, <laughs> holy shit,
0: food so tastes better. Not only the taste buds, dude, the fucking appetite. I'm eating <laughs> like a pig. i'm having about eight meals a day and because i'm just sat indoors all day i'm going to be a right fat bastard by the end of this but we're all gonna be so fat (laughs) quarantine diet (laughs) and the other thing which you know and i'm sure you'll be in the same boat here like this is the worst time in human history to be single because oh you know when when we're going to be able to actually go out and and meet people to you know vibe off and chat up and flirt with and ask out uh who knows when that's going to be and i don't i don't do the 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 apps and any of that stuff i refuse to do it because i'm old school i like to meet people in person and vibe off them but so there's just like (laughs) there's not even a blink in the the distant horizon of when that will next be you know a viable option again so yeah it's a pretty shitty time to be single right
3: it is and at so far, and I hope you can say the same, so far I haven't fallen down the late night, like bottle of wine,
7: <laughs> Facebook <laughs> dive,
3: the deep Facebook dive <laughs> into <laughs> ex-girlfriends or somebody you wanted to ask out a long time ago. And I, I feel like I'm doing okay as long as I don't go down that. I wonder what so-and-so
0: <laughs> yeah, is right? doing. It's funny though because I imagine a lot of people who are in relationships now and are living together with their spouse 24/7 the flip side is I imagine a lot of people are probably being driven up the wall by their, oh by their partners and I reckon your little divorced club is going to be <laughs> a lot bigger by the end of this lockdown right you uh, can- you're probably- you can see it happening. So you have to look at it like that, like it's a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, it sucks being alone, but I guess it's better than being with someone that you really don't want to be with all the time. Yep, you have a point. It's <laughs> such a weird one, man. Like, there's so, there's so many other little adjustments and things that I'm thinking of. What I'm doing for the first time maybe in my life at the moment is actually just being like a Monday to Friday Kind of regular work guy. So because I've always been either like a bartender or a DJ or a radio presenter or whatever, I've never had a lifestyle where I live for the weekend. But what I'm what I'm doing at the moment is I'm just working all week and like staying pretty sensible and trying to stay off for the large part alcohol in the week. And then when it gets to Friday, I'm like party party, <laughs> and I, I'm now like a live for the weekend guy, like the fucking city banker.
3: it's got to be kind of fun since we're all stuck it's like you know what i'm gonna create my own routine from home that's it
0: friday the week's over you got something to live for then you got something to look forward to how are you treating yourself like how are you rewarding yourself what sort of habitual things are you trying to either avoid or fall into to stay healthy and happy like what tips could you share with people that have been keeping you on the straight and narrow
3: okay this is going to be super embarrassing but i'm going to tell you
0: anyway, go for it go the, for it please my, do. the only
3: people that know that i'm doing this are like my manager and my parents so
0: and now everyone
3: <laughs> and now
0: everyone else <laughs>
3: here's what i've started doing so i have on my the big tv like in my living room i um I have YouTube TV. I don't know if you have this. So, YouTube TV is great. Um, You could probably just use YouTube to do it. Well, you can dial up pretty much any con, not any, but a ton of concerts from way back in the day all the way up till now. And you can just search full concert, right? Whatever the band is, full concert. And there is a plethora to choose from. So, what I do. So I find a concert. It's really been stuff from my youth, like embarrassing stuff from the '90s, like some some Pearl Jam from '96, kind of a kind of a thing. So I'll get drinks. I'll get it all set up just like I'm going to the show. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I'll I'll have a drink in hand. I'll go into my living room. I turn the lights off, so the only thing that's there is the TV, is the concert, and I'll stand there and I'll press play. And I'll watch it just like I'm w- there. Just like I'm there, like I'm at the concert. I got the surround sound on, and I blast that shit and get drunk. Genius. And dude, I have the best time. And there's like.
0: You know, <laughs> I love I it, get, man. I,
3: I didn't get to go to Lollapalooza in 1997 and wherever, but I've fucking been there now. You know? <laughs> and it feels odd, but it's also really fun. And then it's like, okay. There's a start and an end. There's not the sad, you know, I'm going to get drunk by myself and I don't know when I'm going to go to bed. It's like, okay, the concert's over. I had my drinks. I had a great
0: time. I'm done. You don't treat yourself some merch on the way out. (laughs) Something to remember (laughs) the night by. (laughs) It's really funny because I do.
3: I get online and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy an Our Lady piece t-shirt <laughs> one, you know what I mean? yeah 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 it's band it
0: is. Yeah, dude that sounds like a great idea like what me and my friends did we haven't done it yet since the first time um we were meant to be doing it more regularly than we have but we've been sitting around on zoom doing video conference like table reads of famous scripts so we did reservoir dogs ah, everybody has a role and we just sat around fun. And that was a similar sort of thing, just like make-believe, childlike stuff that you'd never usually do if you're allowed to go out. But now, because we're not, it's like, okay, we need to create fun. And, dude, I love that. YouTube concerts at home. That's wicked. (laughs) Super fun. I love your
3: idea that would be great a group of
0: four or five people and go through it how fun get the table reads go well we can trade each uh, each other's ideas right off right there you have the table read i'll have the home concert that's going to be my new friday night jam (laughs) dude i i have to say i've been amazed at the number
3: of full concerts you can find from the 70s all the way up till now it's really crazy
0: well lollapalooza i have never seen any footage from any of those and that's such a special time in music when you had such a varied mix yeah. of hip-hop and alternative rock and metal and yeah that's definitely a rabbit hole i'm gonna go down the fucking yeah, enjoy. 90s traveling festival chaos um yes. ryan thank you so much for taking the time to share your you know your your lows and your highs and your life as you always do it's always a treat talking to you um and yeah thank you for for brightening up my day mate it's been great dude
3: my pleasure and um i think that it's more important than ever for people to communicate right now and um i was really happy when you reached out and uh god knows how long this is gonna last but i i you know relish any opportunity and i hope other people do uh do the same just to communicate and talk and you know
0: stay connected in in whatever way that we can Yeah, man. Well, I'll definitely touch base again, I'm sure, before we are unleashed back out into the wilds because, I mean, it's not going to be for a while, is it, man? There's not going to be any summer festivals. I can't see any happening. That's the, the grim reality, I feel like. But, you know, when they do come back, imagine how good those shows are going to be for both the performers and the punters. I know, I know. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, the fifth and final song. I've never even heard of these guys. I didn't want to do any investigation. I just wanted to get the introduction and the setup oh from you. God. Splendor with yeah, whatever. We're gonna play out with these guys. What's what's the deal? Okay,
3: this is everybody has that band from back in the day. That they're like they should have been huge. They were one of my favorites, but they never quite, for whatever reason, broke through. This was that band for me. I can still listen to the, that record, this song, that record, uh, start to finish and love every minute of it. I saw them at a thing called Edge Fest in Dallas, Texas in 1999. They had this song that I sent you on the radio at the time. Um, and they just kind of went away, uh, and never did anything again. And it's one of them my all-time favorite records one of my all-time favorite songs and they're a band a lot of people won't know and i think it's just a shame it's such a great song it's such a great record and um anytime people ask for like your desert island discs or or whatever i always put them on there
0: killer nice one dude well thank you (laughs) thank you for the introduction thank you for the great chats and thank you for the great tracks
3: man my pleasure always great to talk to you whether it's recorded or not